Would you stand as we read the Word of God together from Acts chapter 1, <clears throat> beginning with verse 6. Open your Bible, please, to Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 6 and reading through verse 11. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Would you be seated, please? standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all around let us praise Jesus now standing in his presence on holy ground when I walk through the door I sensed his presence for I knew this was the place where love abound for this is the temple Jehovah God abides here and we are standing in his presence on holy ground we are standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing in his presence on holy ground. In his presence, there is joy beyond measure and at his feet peace of mind can still be found if you have a need i know he has the answer just reach out and claim it 
for you are standing on holy ground. We are standing on holy ground. And I know that there are angels all around. Let us praise Jesus now. We are standing in His presence. We are standing in His presence. We are standing in His presence on the holy ground. May we pray together. <clears throat> Our Father, we thank Thee for all we have experienced in worshiping the Lord from the depths of our heart praising thy holy, beautiful name. And now in these next moments, we ask that the word of God would be broken to our hearts. And may someone who is without Christ be moved by the Holy Spirit and drawn by the cords of love. Thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl who is in this place and who is in tune with us by radio. We thank you and we trust the Holy Spirit to do his office work of conviction. In Jesus' name, amen. In Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verses 3 and 4, Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. <clears throat> Thirty years ago, our church began <clears throat> a radio ministry in the city of Bowling Green. It is our prayer that in these years ahead, this radio ministry could be expanded. We are on all three radio stations in the city, but now there are a number of others and FM stations and television. And I believe God's plan and God's purpose in the 1980s is not only to get the Word of God out in churches, which is still the prime plan and purpose of God, but to get it out by means of radio and television and all the other means that will come in the years ahead. And I want to give you four reasons why it is our theme today, I will publish the name of the Lord. Earlier we sang a song, Publish Glad, glad Tidings, Tidings of Peace, Tidings of Jesus, Redemption and Release. And that marvelous song is an appeal to send the message of Jesus around the world. Part of that song says, Give of your sons to bear the message glorious. Give of your funds to speed them on their way. And all thou spendest, Jesus will repay. I will publish the name of the Lord first of all because the Lord is sovereign. He is God. You'll notice the passage, I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness unto our God. He is our rock, capital R. His work is perfect, 
and all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. What a statement about the Lord God. That cannot be said about any of the other gods or religions of the world. That certainly cannot be said about any human being. Even though we live in an age of humanism, when man has been elevated to God's position and God has been subtracted from the principles and affairs of the nations. Still, we would publish the name of the Lord because He is God in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, we will proclaim the name of the Lord. We will publish the name of the Lord because he is God. And Jesus and God the Father and God the Spirit are all one and the same. Now it is interesting in the scripture that God the Father is given a name. He is called Jehovah, Yahweh. God the Son is given a name, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. But God the Spirit is given no name, because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to constantly move in people's hearts through the Word of God and point to Jesus. That is his work. That's his main work. That's his chief work. He is God's agent. And so we will ascribe greatness to the name of our God. And all of the praise songs we've heard this morning have all been planned to ascribe greatness and to publish the name of the Lord. Secondly, we will publish the name of the Lord because he is our only salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4, verse 12. In John chapter 14, just before the Lord went back to the glory, he said to his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, listen to this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Christianity is exclusive. Some have criticized the evangelistic approach to Christian missions and to the Christian word of God in our nation. And they have said it's all right as long as you don't get exclusive. There's room for everybody. 
Any religion is all right, just as long as people are sincere. That's like getting a bottle of medicine from your cabinet in the dark. And you take that medicine only to find out that it's a tincture of poison. And as sincere as you were, and as much need as you thought it was meeting, it killed you. Neither is there salvation in any other. Not in Buddha, not in Confucius, not in works, not in baptism, not in the church, not in a good life, not in turning over a new leaf. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. And so we will ascribe greatness to him. And we will publish the name of the Lord because he is our salvation. John closes his gospel with these remarkable words just before the epilogue. He says in John chapter 20 verse 30, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. I will publish the name of the Lord because he is our only salvation. Thirdly, I will publish the name of the Lord because he is the one before whom we shall stand one day. And I saw the books open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea and death gave up the dead which were in them. And they all stood before God. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now how do we get our name written in the book of life? The book of life is that book, whether it looks like this book or not, I do not know. But the Bible says God has a book. And in that book, he records every boy and every girl who comes to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Your name is written down in his book. Every man, every woman, every teen, when you come to Jesus, repenting of sin, God writes your name in his book. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You may be here today. You've never had your name written in God's book of life. You may go to church. You may ride the bus. You may come to these services. You may sing in the choir. You may be an usher. You may be a teacher. You may be a preacher. But if you've never had your name written in the book of life, you have no hope for eternity. And so we will ascribe greatness to the name of our God, and we will publish the name of the Lord, L-O-R-D. And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then believers, those who are already saved, are also going to stand before Christ. 
And I will publish the name of the Lord because every believer in Bowling Green, every believer in the sound of our voice today, one day will have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And there, the question is going to be, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your talents? What did you do with your gifts? What did you do with your love? What did you do with your voice? What did you do with your funds? What did you do with, your, with all the things I gave you? And inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least, these my brethren, you've done it unto me. It would be a tragic thing to get before the throne of God, the throne, the, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema judgment seat of Christ. Christian, saved, under the blood. And God has to say, friend, what did you do with your testimony? My testimony? Yeah, your testimony. What did you do with the way you lived? Oh, you're saved, and you know you're on your way to heaven, but what did you do to influence others to come to heaven? And our kind, gracious Savior, if you've read much of the words of Jesus, the words in red in your Bible, you'll know that this is not out of character with the Lord. He'll say, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, what good is it? If you lost your saltiness, if you did not maintain your testimony and walk a close walk and a high walk and a separated walk with me, you've lost your influence and your testimony. And there are people that have tripped over you into hell. And so I will ascribe greatness to the Lord our God and I will publish the name of the Lord to remind all of us that one day every believer is going to appear before him. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. And while we're confessing, Christ will be asking, what did you do with what I gave you? Some, some of us will have to say, Lord, I wasted a lot of that energy on the world. I wasted a lot of that creativity you gave me. I wasted a lot of those talents and gifts you gave me on the world. But wait a minute. It is not too late to change. It isn't too late to change. Jesus can so become real to you and personal to you that you can have what is almost like a new experience, a conversion toward a Christ-filled life. You're talking about a saved person getting converted? Yes, Simon Peter did. Jesus said, Peter, he'd followed Jesus three years. He said, Peter, after you're converted, strengthen your brethren. And after that, Peter went through the dark time of his life when he denied the Lord, acted like he didn't even know the Lord. And Jesus said, you're going to be converted because I prayed for you. There's some in this room today who have at one time served our Lord. You walked with Jesus, but now you've walked away from Him. There's still time to come back because our Lord is forgiving and gracious. And if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But my beloved, 
We live in a time when we need to recognize there's a difference between right and wrong. Somehow we have lost our way in America and everything seems to be gray. Nothing is either right or wrong. We cannot tell whether it's right for homosexuals to have their rights. <coughs> and so we give them their rights. After all, we don't want to hurt them. We cannot tell when life begins, so therefore it doesn't make any difference if you murder the little babies. We really cannot tell whether we love each other, so the best thing to do is to go and have premarital sex before marriage just to see if you're going to be compatible with one another. And we ignore what God says. God says, thou shalt not. And we live in an age when we have forgotten what is right and what is wrong, and America is in deep trouble. And there is no America without the people of America. And so the people are in deep trouble. And if we'll heed the word, if we'll listen to the word as it is proclaimed and ascribed greatness to, and if we'll listen and our hearts will be lifted close to the heart of God, there can come a spiritual renaissance, a new great awakening, and there'll be revival. Last of all, I want to suggest to you I will publish the name of the Lord because of the second coming of Jesus. He is coming again. He is coming again. I, I don't know the day. I really thought he would have already come because all of the signs of the Bible are being fulfilled. You say, preacher, you must be some kind of a dreamer. Well, so was Paul. Paul expected the Lord to come in his lifetime. And interestingly enough, some of the liberal scholars writing about Paul, they say, you see how wrong Paul was? You can't trust what he writes in the Bible because he thought Jesus would come in his lifetime and he didn't. So you see, Paul was all wrong, all wet. Well, the point is, Jesus told us to always be ready. He said, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation, for in such a time, an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man comes. Jesus is coming. Now, I need to warn you of that. If we go out this afternoon and our Lord comes in the middle of the afternoon, you must remember that you heard this morning at church, Jesus is coming again. If you go out this afternoon and the Lord does not come this afternoon, and does not come tonight, and does not come tomorrow, and does not come this coming week, you just remember that you heard from the Word of God that He is coming. And therefore, we need to sharpen our lives and spiritually look up, knowing that our redemption draweth nigh. And I do not know of any motivation to godly, holy, spirit-filled living more than the glorious truth of the second coming of Jesus. Walk expecting him to come any moment, any day. And of course, he sees everything we do anyway. And I do not know any motivation to a quick repentance and putting one's faith in the Lord God as Savior than to know that Jesus is coming. And when he comes, it will be too late forever. We were at Cherokee, North Carolina. I talked to an Indian named Sid. Sid had this philosophy that so many have today that all religions are good and everything will work out okay in the end. 
I said, Sid, suppose you're right. He thought he'd just buried his mother and he thought she was just dead like a horse or a cow. Nothing later. I said, Sid, suppose you're right. And I'm wrong. And I live for Jesus and you live the way you want to live. And we die. What have I lost? He looked at me and he said, well, uh, don't guess you've lost anything. I said, but Sid, suppose I'm right and you're wrong. What have you lost? And tears welled up in his eyes. He said, he said, well, I guess I've lost everything. That's exactly right. Sid didn't trust Christ that day. But I'll pray for him. I gave him a gospel track, asked him to read it. I want to ask you today, suppose what I'm saying about the Lord God is right. And I know it's right. And suppose you say, well, I'm not sure it's right. But suppose it is right. What have you lost by rejecting it? Would you today humble your heart and come to Christ just as you are? May we pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our Father, we thank Thee for the Word of God, quick, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. For all of the people who have come to worship You in spirit and in truth, we pray that just now, someone would turn away from self and sin and turn to Christ, that this would be God's day of victory in that one's life. In Jesus' name, amen. May we stand, please. We turn to hymn number 252. Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord. He will surely give you rest by trusting in His Word. 252. When you found that song, would you look at me just for a moment, please? I appreciate your attentiveness today. Everything that was sung, everything that was said, was geared to help you come to know Christ. Now there are some in this room today who have been saved, but you have not yet been baptized. You need to come today, taking that public stand, identifying yourself with the people of God. And when we begin to sing, I want to ask you to come. Some will be ready to be baptized today. You come and be ready. Others will come and say, I was saved somewhere along the line, but I never have confessed Jesus. You come. And if you're not ready to be baptized today, we'll arrange it at another time. There are still others in this room who are lost. And if you die right now without Jesus, you're lost forever. There's no second chance. I encourage you to come. If your membership is in some other church and God wants you here at Glendale, will you come while we begin to sing, who will step out for the King, Christ Jesus?